Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with a prologue. In Chapter 48, Seb was attacked by a dragon he couldn't tame. In this episode, Chapter 49, Felicita and Kyle take a step forward, and Seb and Fauna take a step back. Alright, let's dive in. Lord Oro made his appearance late summer instead of early fall in an attempt to space out his visits. He was astonished how much his grandchildren had grown since the new year. Zayraid's hair fell in lazy, ebony curls onto his shoulders. His vocabulary had improved greatly, as had Nivali's. The little blonde elf was weary of him at first. However, once she remembered him, she enjoyed sharing nonsensical sentences while the elder elf listened intently. Zayraid was bouncing on his seat at the dinner table. He and Odax sat on stacks of books instead of high chairs, and he was proud he had a shorter stack of books. Mala? He stood on his chair with his hands on the table. Can I tell? Everyone had come in and taken their seats moments before. No. Hush, pet. Sit properly, Kyle said firmly, and the little boy obeyed, though he continued fidgeting. Those in attendance at the table knew that the little prince would need a tiny push of tell us what, and all would be revealed. However, they refrained, though curious. Sebastian focused on getting his daughter to eat by saying, here comes the dragon, and swooping a spoonful of mashed potatoes to her mouth. Odax had a conversation with his mother, where he asked her what everything on his plate was. Vivin took a sip of his tea and frowned slightly. It wasn't until Maria passed that everyone appreciated how well she did their tea. She knew what everyone preferred, from lumps of sugar to number of stirs. It was a task she insisted upon doing, though they would have been fine making their own cups of tea. The children ran to their books and toys piled in baskets in the library. The servants did a wonderful job of keeping the room tidy. However, the majority of the time, Felicita and Fauna would ensure their children picked up after themselves. Vivian and Alice sat at the chess table in the corner of the room, while the royalty sat on the settees. So, what's the news? Seb asked. He had an arm over Fauna's shoulders, stroking her long, sleek auburn hair. Well, the elvish princess was on the edge of her seat, and Kyle looked stiffer than usual next to her. Zayraid ran over. Can I say, please? He asked in Rhydonian. Yes, go on. The little prince beamed with excitement. Mummy and Daddy are getting married. Fauna gave an exclamation of joy Congratulations. that made her husband jump. She gave her close friend a tight hug. Congratulations! She touched Kyle's arm, and he blushed slightly. Sebastian glanced at Lord Oro, who was being passed a cup of tea by a servant girl. He looked more surprised that he was being handed the cup of tea than he was about the announcement. Fauna returned to her seat. Do you have a date set? The elvish princess hesitated, resting her tea saucer on her thigh. That is where it gets more complicated. Oh? Why? In the corner of the room, Alice and Vivian were handed their cups of tea from silver platters. Alice really did prefer coffee, but since everyone else drank tea at this time in the evening, she did as well. Seb spoke up from the rim of his cup. They have to get married overseas. Fauna's shoulders drooped in visible disappointment. 
Is that true? It is, yes. Romopsian marriages must take place on our soil. It is the law. Felicita explained. Therefore, we will have to... The sight of Vivin rushing out of the room made her fumble. We will have to make a journey over. Grimmin opened the door and requested tensely. Can we have a handout here, please? Both kings rushed to the door, and the ladies kept the children distracted. Alice ran after them. Vivin was gasping for breath, extremely red-faced, while Wren held him up with concern. Vivin, are you choking? Seb put Vivin's arm over his shoulder and ordered, Wren, grab a chair. Vivin shook his head, coughing and swallowing hard. Alice had no clue what was going on either. She unbuttoned the top button of his shirt and said anxiously, All he did was take a sip of his tea. Wren placed the chair behind Vivin and they sat him down. Lord Oriel's ears twitched. Do you have an allergy? Vivin nodded, disoriented and struggling to breathe. Alice crouched in front of him and gazed up at him worriedly. The only thing he's allergic to is honey, and he hasn't touched any. Seb stepped back, watching red welts form on the headguard's neck. He exchanged a look with Lord Oriel. Alice, you need to secure the palace immediately. She looked up at him in confusion for a split second. Then, she caught on. She squeezed Vivin's knee reassuringly and hurried off, yelling orders to the nearest guard. Grim, stay here. Ren, come with us. The Elvish King and Seb helped Vivin to his feet and to his room. They sat him on the bed and the elf sighed, perturbed. I am unable to heal him. Sorrows do not learn to treat illness. Are you warm? Seb asked, since Vivin was still scarlet and sweating. The poor man looked absolutely miserable. Seb unbuttoned Vivin's shirt, and Lord Oriel slipped it off the other arm for him. Aside from his usual painting of scars, his back was covered in red hives. Sebastian's heart panged. Aw, oh, Vivin, is there anything we can do? The head guard shook his head slowly. He tried clearing his throat a few times, as if something was lodged in it. The Elvish King poured him a glass of water from a decanter, and Seb dampened a cloth. He rang it out, and Vivin flinched at the cool cloth touching the burning skin on the back of his neck. I'll stay with him until he can talk. And breathe. Seb didn't take his eyes from him. Can you let the ladies know what's going on? The elf dipped his head and patted Vivin's shoulder sympathetically. Sebastian was attentive to the older man. He refilled his glass and wiped the cloth over the red hives and splotchy skin on his back and neck. From the way Vivin was wincing, Seb had no doubt his symptoms were painful. Do you want to get into bed? He questioned, hoping sleep would cure him. Do you want your pants off? The young man pulled a chair next to Vivin's bedside and sat forward with a comforting smile. Don't worry, we'll have everything figured out by morning. Alice didn't come in for another hour, by which time Seb had had more than enough time to consider the possible causes of the incident. Alice stared down at her partner, her brow lined with worry. He's been asleep for nearly an hour, and I think the hives are going down. Vivin's face was certainly less flushed. Alice simply gave Seb a tight hug. That was really scary. I thought... She stopped herself, knowing her emotions were running high. Sebastian's strong arms embraced her. It's going to take more than that to kill him, right? Seb smiled softly. Now, I'm going to go check on some things. If you need me, 
Let one of the guards know. He's going to be okay, okay? Seb squeezed her shoulders and took his leave. He strode to the galley with a dead-set, dark expression on his face. Ren, who hadn't left his post at Vivin's door, followed the king closely. The regent questioned the servant girl who had served them all tea. She was a mess, fraught with dread. She apologized so profusely that Seb had to calm himself down and approach the young woman from another angle. She had been working at Magnitectus for three days. A superior had told her to go into the library and serve everyone their tea, and to be certain Knox Vivin was provided tea with honey, premixed. Which superior? Seb asked, rubbing the golden pocket watch in his pants pocket. The young servant shook her head, drying her tears. I, I don't know his name. I haven't seen him around. There's so many people on staff. All right. What does he look like? Sebastian folded his thick arms across his chest. Dark hair and eyes. He was tall, with a scar on his chin. She sniffed, her eyes puffy. He was wearing the correct liveries, so I did as he said, though I hadn't seen him before. She raised her watery eyes to the angered Regent King. Please, sir, don't have me executed. I didn't mean to hurt him. Seb wondered, after she said that, how his people saw him. It made him feel less benevolent than he thought he was. Your family will be investigated, and you are not allowed to leave the palace until we have this issue resolved. Do you understand? She nodded profusely, and Seb added with a huff. And please stop crying. No one is going to have you executed. He asked the galley head of staff about the man the girl described. He even woke up some of the servants. No one, however, could recall the man with a scar on his chin. Seb determined that in all likelihood, an assassin had infiltrated the palace, stolen the uniform, and directed the girl to put honey in Vivin's tea. There were outlying factors, such as who would have known that the girl was new. The kitchen staff all knew of Vivin's allergy to prevent what had occurred. Anyone could have let it slip to their family members, and they could have told their friends. Seb's biggest question, who would want Vivin dead, and why, specifically? Odax ran into Alice in Vivin's room, with his mother behind him. Vivin set aside papers he was working on at his desk. Grandpa! Odax cried and ran into his open arms. You don't mind, do you? I could barely keep him away. It was the morning after the incident. Fauna kept Lumen in her arms. Alice and Vivin had a weapons rack that she didn't want her toddler near. I don't mind. The head guard's voice was a bit rough. Grandpa, did you rest? Mummy said you were sick. I rested, and now I'm all better. Vivin gazed into the little boy's honey-brown eyes. Odax had a spray of freckles sprinkled across the bridge of his nose, which, according to Seb, he got from his mother. But you sound funny. Odie, didn't you have something you wanted to give Grandpa? Fauna gave Vivin an apologetic look, though he was unfazed. Odax asked to be put down and hurried over to his mother, taking a folded piece of parchment from her. He ran back to Vivin, who crouched down. 
a scribbled picture was nearly impossible for the older man to decipher. What's this? I drew this, and Lou did this. He pointed to a clustered scribble in the corner of the page. That's Kaylee, and that is you. The tyke beamed, pointing to messy blobs. I did it so you will feel better. I'm cured. Bevan grinned in amusement. Come along, sweetheart. It's time for our walk. Fauna held out her hand. Odax made sure to give his grandpa a hug before bounding over to his mother. Bracken and Bramble were waiting for him at the door, their tails wagging. Vivin barely sat down again before Seb knocked on the door and strolled in. What are you working on? Shouldn't you be resting? The handsome young man frowned, his hands in his pockets. Who is the mother hen now? Vivin retorted. Sebastian raised an eyebrow and inclined his head to the papers curiously. What's so important that it can't wait a day? Vivin tossed the reading glasses he was wearing onto the small desk. My will? It hasn't been updated in a few years. That's... grim, Seb mumbled. You're feeling all right, though. I don't need to worry. You don't need to worry. I should have had it updated when your kids were born, and I didn't. This prompted me. Vivin explained. Seb gave him a friendly, questioning look. They're getting half of what I have. Seb stared at him in unreserved shock. What? Vivin nodded, straightening the papers. Allie, of course, gets half. I don't have anyone else. You and Fauna are frugal, and I know you don't need help. The regent knew exactly how much his headguards made, and he knew exactly how little Vivin spent. I... I don't know what to say. It's incredibly generous. Vivin shrugged. No, not really. I'm just doing my part to ensure they're well taken care of. Seb was deeply touched. You do that every day. He smiled his sweet smile and changed the topic. Alice and I are doing... Art suddenly burst into the room, striding over to Vivin. Viv, are you okay? He pulled down the collar of his friend's shirt to reveal fading red hives. Vivin swatted him away. The last time you had a reaction, we were kids. I'm a grown man now. I'm all right. Vivin snapped, hating that he was being fussed over. Who did it? Art demanded of Sebastian. I was just getting to that, he said in a deliberately slow manner. Someone was contracted to eliminate you. Wouldn't, Wouldn't be, be the, the first time. time, Vivin and Art said in nearly perfect unison. They had a chuckle, and Seb folded his arms across his chest in disapproval. We have a physical description of him, and posters will be going up across the country. So you don't have him. Arthur tapped the pommel of his sword in annoyance. He was likely gone the second he saw the honey stirred into the tea. So he's never going to be apprehended. Art muttered, unimpressed. Seb gave Vivin a helpless shrug. We've done what we can and I've described the assassin to all of the dragons I could get a hold of. When do you think you'll return to work, Vivin? Tomorrow, he said affirmatively. All right. Tomorrow morning at eight, meet me in my study, please. I will. Is there anything you need before I go? Seb doted. Vivin shook his head, and the young man left the old friends alone. Art waited for the door to click before turning to the former mercenary. You know why he's asked you to his study? 
Vivin raised an inquisitive eyebrow as he spread out the papers on his desk. Art continued. He's going to force retirement on you. Shut up, Art. Vivin grumbled, dipping the quill into the inkwell. Arthur hovered by his friend's shoulder, snooping at the contents. You really love them, don't you? Vivin nodded, signing his name at the bottom of the pages. You're lucky, Viv, that you got a second chance. Not all of us have that. Vivin twisted in his chair and gazed up at Art's sad eyes. You could have that. There's another Maria out there, somewhere. Arthur turned his back. No. No, there isn't. And you know it. Ryan was in the study with Sebastian when Vivian arrived the following morning. The young captain looked slightly nervous. Seb was standing, busily organizing papers on his bureau, while Vivian took his place next to Ryan. Good morning. The young man gave him an uneasy nod. You can sit if you'd like. Seb motioned to the chairs the guards weren't occupying. Ryan stood rigid, with his hands behind his back. Vivin decided to do the same. Seb glanced at them and cleared his throat. <clears throat> Alright, I'll get straight to the point. Vivin, I've asked Ryan to take over some of your shifts. Ryan didn't dare make eye contact with the head guard. However, Vivin didn't react. You can decide which ones. There was a knock at the door, and Seb went to answer it. Ryan hissed to Vivin. This wasn't my idea. He asked if I was open to a schedule change. It's fine, the head guard assured quietly. As I was saying, you two can decide which shifts, since you have Lily, Ryan. The young man kept his gaze lowered and didn't reply. May I speak? Vivin asked. Of course. Seb sat down in his plush, red velvet chair. How about I only use Ryan when I need my shift covered, and he accompanies us whenever we leave Magni. He can keep his position as junior captain of the guard, since I know how hard he worked to get there. Sebastian scratched his clean-shaven jaw. Is that all right with you, Ryan? Yes. They were too familiar for him to use, sir. As the guards closed the door behind them, Ryan began apologizing. I'm sorry. It must have seemed like I was vying for your job. Vivin shook his head and placed his hand on the pommel of his sword. It didn't. He just... Ryan looked away, unable to meet the gaze of his senior. He wants you to work less. Because he's worried about you. One assassination attempt on my life, and he realizes I'm not invulnerable. Vivin sighed to break the tension. What will happen after the next one? It was decided that while they very much wanted to go, the regent king and queen would be unable to attend Felicita and Kyle's wedding. With a two-year-old and a four-year-old, in addition to it taking nearly a month without a dragon to simply reach Low Mountain, it was too much to handle. When the children were older, they would visit, but not until they were at an age where they would remember the elvish country. The elven family left for Romofsi in mid-March, and planned to return by late May. Sebastian sent a detail of Rydonian guards with them, since Zayraid went as well. The regent didn't mean to offend the elves, it was protocol, and they needed to respect it. In early April, a new face appeared at the palace. She was a young woman, 
and to the notice of the palace ensemble, pretty as well. Theo, who had been staying over at the palace for a change of pace, frequently flirted with her. She was almost always spotted at Seb's side, and would leave the building shortly after their meetings. When Fauna asked what her business was at the palace, Seb simply replied, She's a consultant. When Vivin asked the same question, Seb answered, She's working on a project for me. It wouldn't have bothered anyone, except that the pair got along famously. Fauna saw them together one afternoon. Seb was escorting her out of his study and accompanied her down the hall. Fauna darted into an empty room and left the door open a sliver. The young woman and Seb were laughing about something. The woman's hair was bobbed and blonde. She had a wide, dazzling smile and sparkling blue eyes. Fauna hadn't seen the two of them together without a smile on the young woman's face. The way Seb grinned at her, a grin reserved exclusively for Fauna. Fauna was ready to burst out of the room as they passed, when Seb said something that made her stop cold. You're quite skilled. With a little more practice, who knows where you'll end up. Dark images formed in the queen's mind, her husband added. And I really can't thank you enough. You should probably only drop in once more, before she catches on. Fauna pressed her back against the cool marble wall. Her stomach dropped. They passed by, and through the crack in the door, she could see a slight frown on Vivin's face as he trailed behind. She wasn't imagining it. Fauna wandered out of the room a moment later. Alice found her, having lost track of her, and was about to scold her. Fauna gave her a miserable look before the head guard could speak. That night, as the regents laid in bed, Fauna rolled over and turned her back to her husband as he went to kiss her. She had purposefully been distant since the consultant first appeared two weeks ago, but this was a flat-out refusal. Seb pressed his lips together and snuffed out the candlelight. Fauna prepared herself for the young woman's final meeting. She would figure out exactly what the pair had been up to. After she had made certain her brother had his eye on the children, Fauna strode up to Seb's study. She knew the young woman was in the palace since she could hear her laughter earlier. The study was empty. Fauna asked a nearby guard which way the king had gone. Alice remained silent behind her. Whatever thoughts she had on the subject had been muted. Fauna saw Vivin standing next to a door. He wore the same slight frown he usually did when something was bothering him. Before Fauna could reach the door, it opened, and the young woman came out. She had a folder in her hands and was patting her hair into place. Seb appeared behind her with a laugh as she sighed. What wicked weather. Well, maybe that will teach you not to stick your head. Seb's words caught in his throat as his wife stood in front of them, glowering. Vivin immediately relocated to a safe distance next to Alice, a little ways down the hall. This isn't good, the warrior muttered to her boyfriend. What's going on? Fauna asked, keeping her voice more level than she thought she would. What do you mean? Sebastian frowned, closing the door behind them. The young woman remained perfectly still, which meant she was pressing into Seb inadvertently. Don't play dumb with me, Seb, Fauna snapped. 
the young man didn't seem to know whether he should be offended or confused. Fauna. He placed his hand on the blonde woman's shoulder to move past her, and Fauna growled angrily, Don't touch her! Seb retracted his hand as if he had touched a hot stove. Okay, just calm. Don't tell me to calm down! Fauna saw red, and the words tumbled out of her mouth before she knew it. Are you sleeping with her? The young woman flushed profusely, and Seb stood still. Silence hung in the air like a dead weight. Sebastian finally twisted the door handle behind him with an expression that looked like he had been slapped in the face. Happy birthday, Fauna. He gestured to the room and brushed past the women, striding down the corridor. Don't follow me, he shouted, and Vivian knew it was for him. Alice and Vivian cautiously walked over to the two young women. The blonde stepped aside from the open door. Fauna didn't move, but she could see inside. It had been a spare room, mainly used for storage. Now, it was sparkling clean and well-lit. The room was completely bare. I was hired, the young woman spoke up, as an interior decorator. Your husband wanted it to be a surprise. She was still scarlet and clutched the folder to her chest. It's going to be a study for you. The decorators are set to come in next week. She handed the folder to Fauna, who accepted it reflexively. Here are the plans and layout. Excuse me. The young woman hurried off in the opposite direction of Sebastian. That was it then. Fauna's birthday was in a few weeks, and Seb had been preparing an early present. And she had accused him. Shit. Fauna groaned and rubbed her brow. Alice and Vivian didn't say a word, and neither did Seb, no matter how hard Fauna tried to speak with him. He had the worst kind of anger, the silent kind. Shouting would have been better than silence. Seb took his meals in his study and slept in a different room for several nights. At one point, he had physically carried her out of the weight room where he had been exercising. Seb, why won't you talk to me? Fauna was desperate to hear his voice. I'm too upset to even look at you right now, Seb replied quietly and returned to his workout. Give him time. Ryan, who was posted outside the door, said gently. April showers, which had become uncharacteristic thunderstorms, had kept them inside for days, and Seb still managed to avoid her. How much more time could he possibly need? Thanks for listening to Chapter 49 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews help more people find the podcast, so it's a huge help. And if you're able to give a DTF an extra hand, please check out the merch and support tabs on the website. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>